Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Shades of Us, the review. I am Ramat. The movie I am discussing today is a Nollywood movie that went to Harvard. <laughs> okay, so that's a joke we have in Nigeria, but um, three months after it debuted on Netflix, as the first Netflix original that was produced in Nigeria, I am reviewing Genevieve Nagy's Lionheart. The biggest legacy I will leave for posterity is you, my daughter. Mm. I think you're going to be a very good MD, Ma. My father is still very much alive, on you? You must be a proud father. Of course, I'm immensely proud of my daughter. She's uh, her father's daughter. Hey! Chief. Chief. Uh, my uh, deepest condolences. Uh, sorry, my uh, best wishes. The Lionheart will have to soldier on until I get back on my feet. I now name my replacement Chief Godswill. The bottom door one. His reasons have nothing to do with you being a woman. Your uncle is just here to supervise. I'm going to change a lot of things in this establishment. So given our current situation, can you tell us how bad the numbers are? Bad. Lionheart is in severe debt. 915 million naira. What? Okay, so let's start with some facts about the film. Lionheart is a 2018 Nigerian drama film produced by Chini Onwubenu. And because I... There's a lot of Igbo names here. I hope y'all forgive me for how I pronounce it. Yeah, thank you. But anyway, it was produced by Chini and was directed by Genevieve Naji. It stars Pete Edochi, um, Genevieve Naji, and Nkem Owo as, you know, leader, heavy actors, people you respect and love because they have been in the game. They know their onions. They give their best. But I will get to that. Um, it was acquired by Netflix on uh, September 7, 2018, making it the first Netflix original film produced in Nigeria, as I've mentioned uh, in my introduction. Lionheart premiered at the 2018 Toronto International Film Festival in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The movie was Naji's directorial debut, as well as Peter Okoye's um, acting debut. Peter Okoye used to be one half of of P Square until they broke up and now they are their own thing. I think right now he goes with um P something. I can't remember what it is, but you know, um moving on, the film was released worldwide on January 4th, um, 2019 by Netflix, and um it was produced, like I said, by Chini. I will just say her last name again for MPM Premium in association with the Entertainment Network. Let's talk a little bit about how Netflix acquired uh, the films. They, they acquired the worldwide distribution rights to the movie on September 7, 2018, a day before its premiere at the 2018 Toronto International Film Festival, which means that they had seen it, they liked it, and they, they put in their money quickly to ensure that they had the first buy-in. So basically, by the time it got to the Toronto Film Festival and people were seeing it, it had already been acquired by Netflix. Um, it was directed by Genevieve Naji, produced by Chini. Forgive me for the last name. It was written again by Genevieve Naji, Chini again, 
Ishaya Bako, Emil Garuba, and CJ Obasi. Now, I know this is Farmzin, but I met Ishaya Bako, and he is the coolest person ever. And, you know, he's simple, he's laid back, but he really does know how to write. And I think it's something worth mentioning that Ishaya Bako directed Genevieve's first movie, The Road to Yesterday, and it was such a beautiful, beautiful movie. The music was by Kulanen Iko, and he curated the music for the film. And um, Yinka Edwards was behind cinematography. Now, if you watch the movie, you would love the cinematography. He did a fantastic job with it because uh, there were a lot of people who were dark skinned, like Genevieve, and he was able to, you know, light her properly. She looked good, and Kem Awa looked good. It was it was clean. The feel was it was clean. It was muted. It didn't have pop of color because of course it was drama. Uh, it didn't have the pop of color that was you know spring and whatnot. It was a bit muted, slightly reddish, but you know it worked perfectly for the location and I would say the the lighting generally george Craig edited the movie and the production company behind the movie was the entertainment network or 10 ten it was distributed by netflix and mpm premiere i've said this like a million times and it runs for 95 minutes the languages that of which the movie was made are english and Igbo. and in the box office it was said to have made 21.3 million naira I don't agree with it, but in a way, I, I think it's possible because the film was debuted on Netflix. And I don't think there was a cinema run. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there was a cinema run. So, yes, you would not expect that much money. But since its debut on the platform, there's been multiple reports that the um, um, American company, that's Netflix, bought the film for $3.5 million dollars. Now, Netflix did not confirm this. They've been mute about it. In fact, uh, a spokesperson for the organization said that the company does not share its financial information, especially with different regions, with different movies and whatnot. But if it is true that this movie was acquired for $3.5 million, it made Genevieve a billionaire. Because when you convert $3.5 billion, a million dollars to naira that is billions man <sighs> to be so fortunate <laughs> okay so now let's look at the cast of the movie fantastic before i even begin to talk about it individually i think overall the cast was fantastic it was predominantly set in enugu so you expected that they would pick Igbo actors and yes i, I need to mention that i, I realized when the movie premiered and people watched it people were saying why are there so many Igbo actors i was like eh they set the movie in Igbo land so they should come and carry Hausa or Yoruba or Idoma or Ibira or Tif people to come and it doesn't work like I expected them to get Igbo actors because it was it needed to be original so I'm not surprised that most of the actors were Igbo but even beyond that the actors that were chosen were such fantastic actors that the conversation around the tribe was stupid. Okay, I'm sorry for saying stupid, but I mean, the conversations around tribe was just out of it. 
these were fantastic actors. Let's just talk about Genevieve, who is the star of the film, and um, she starred as Adeze Obiagu. She was the daughter of Chief Ernest Obiagu and the director of logistics and operations at the Lionheart Company. Genevieve is a fantastic actor. Plus, it was her own movie. She wrote, directed, and starred in it. So, of course, but even out of her, Genevieve is a fantastic actor. Um, in Kem Owl <laughs> is Chief Obiagu's younger brother and... <laughs> He was the new head of the Lionheart Company after the incident that made Chief Ernest Obiago to step down. <laughs> there will be spoilers in this, but you know, I want to limit them to certain levels. But you know, Inkem Awa was fantastic. Like, he brought a game. Like, there were times when he would say certain things and I would laugh. <laughs> Even now thinking about it, I would laugh at it was just so natural. It was not it was not forced, it was not trying too hard. And he is, you know, big on slapstick comedy, but in this one he was just naturally funny without trying to I completely loved him. Now let's talk about the chief, Pete Edochie as Chief Ernest Obiagu. Chief, see, Pete Edochi is this kind of person that if I meet in anywhere, I'll probably lie down and kiss his feet because he sees, um things fall apart, which is my first interaction with him. When probably in the seventies or so, when he he shot that, I, I don't mean I was born in the seventies. I mean I watched it afterwards. You know, it was probably shot in the seventies. Thank you. But Pete Edochi has been this graceful, powerful persona on screen and i've loved him since i was a child and i think he really brought like he was epic let me move on onyeka Wen, oh my god she is such a beautiful classy poised wonderful actor and you know she started out as a singer, I think she still is a singer, but you know, as an actor, there's something she brings to a scene that just you can't describe it with words. It just it's a feeling that she brings to a scene. Anyway, um, she was Abigail Obiagu, the mother of Adeze and Obina, and um the wife of Chief Ernest Obiagu. And then we had Kanayo Okanayo. <laughs> The moment people saw him, they said, ah, he's going to kill the chief. He's going to do this. He's going, you know, because if you have watched <laughs> Nollywood movies, Kanayo Okanayo has never had a good role. He's one of those people that is potentially, you, you know, the bad guy always. But, you know, in this movie, he was the bad guy too, <laughs> but in a much different light. He was Igwe Pascal, the owner of IG Motors, who wanted to buy off Lionheart Company. Now, we had Kalu Ikeago. I've loved him. Like, he speaks so well, and his voice is mm, honey on toast. <laughs> okay, so he was um, Samuel Aka. He was the director of engineering services at Lionheart Company, and he had been conniving with... Um, Igwe Pascal to take over because he thought he would, he would get a larger share. I loved his role. You know, he was a regular snitch, <laughs> but it worked out perfectly for him. And then there was Jemima Osunde as Onye. Ah, now she was personal assistant to Adeze. And I honestly have a problem with Jemima Osunde, but I'll talk about it much later. 
<laughs> and then we had Sani Mwazu as Alhaji Danladi Maikano. I love Sani Mwazu. He is the northern, I don't want to say he's the northern Peter Dochi, but I think he's, the, he's in terms of a, a, an older man who has presence on scene, um, everything that he's in, Sani Mwazu brings it. I am so proud of him like and then his northern accent when he's speaking english is like oh oh <laughs> but i've got to move on it and then you had um chibuza azubike or fino uh today today is actually the first time i knew his name was chibuza azubike he was obina obiago and the brother of a daisy and an upcoming musician typical i mean it was important that he acted what he really is well he's not upcoming he's a big star but in the film he was an upcoming musician and we had ngozi ezenu the beautiful oh my god that woman is fine you know and she was she was she was good in the film she was choma obiago the wife of um god's will obiago played by nkem and then there was yakubu muhammad the fine yakubu muhammad <laughs> he was hamza meikano um alhaji danladi meikano's son he was instrumental to the partnership okay i'm not saying more than that but i like him and again that's somebody who has a northern accent that just sounds fresh and fire with it <laughs> <laughs> okay and then we had peter okoye um who was irene his role <laughs> his role was funny i don't think i liked it but i'm going to hold on a bit and then there was chika okpala as a a member of the board so there were just a whole lot of people um who acted it it was the cast, like I said, was fantastic. So let's talk about the storyline. Lionheart tells the story of Adeze Obiagu, who wants to substitute her father, Ernest Obiagu, when he can no longer run his company due to health issues. Her father, however, asked his brother, um, God will, God's will Obiagu, to substitute for him. And God's will and Adeze have to work together to save the company from a huge debt and not lose the company to their business rival and competitor, Igwe Pascal. So that is the storyline of Lionheart. Having said that, I have some absolute favorite things from the movies. Like I said, the cast was exceptional. Genevieve brought a brilliance to the scene that was expected. In Kem Owl was funny in a way that was not trying to hurt. I mean, like I just mentioned him and I started to laugh. Um, he elicited natural laughter. I would say he was the star of the film. Pete Edoche is life. And he was live in the film. <laughs> anyway, it's been a minute since I last saw him in the movie. And I definitely was happy and mesmerized that I had seen him in it. Onyeka Oweno, like I said, is poised, she's classy, she's cultured. And she brought it into her role. Fino even impressed me in his role. I didn't think he could do much or deliver much. But he did. He did. And then um, now to Jemima Usunde. I have a problem with Jemima Usunde because I think, you know, that her voice is a bit high-pitched. Now, there's nothing she can do about that. It's natural. It's not like she's forcing it. But I... So, her voice, I don't know. It just makes it... I don't know what to say, but you know, um, I I didn't think she would bring it, but she she did it well. She brought her role well. She did it. She wasn't extra, but she was 
she she brought her real well. I loved her in the film. I have to admit that I loved her completely in the film. Hamza, oh my god, Hamza is such a delight for the eyes, one, and then for the ears because his voice is fantastic. The same thing with Alhajime Kano. Like the the maybe because I am northern. Yes, I'm admitting I am northern, but I love the northern accent when people are speaking English. It's like yes trip me baby trip me <laughs> but um the person i really didn't feel was peter okoye i don't know for some reason i just didn't like his role i felt like okay but he was designed to be specifically like that so i guess it worked <laughs> uh moving on location was everything to me oh my god i loved how they showed such beautiful aspects of nigeria the red clean earth of Enugu made me want to visit badly like Enugu the way they portrayed Enugu wow I was like I need to go to Enugu I was just watching I was like Enugu see me coming but you know let me come back to being normal you know and then the shot of Kano the aerial shot of Kano was like wow this is Nigeria this is the Nigeria we should be showing to the world not showing some dirty streets in Lagos yes that was a dig at Lagos but you know everything about it was just really really nice location was top-notch um the costume was muted like genevieve wore bold colors reds greens purples and whatnot but the colors were not so loud like the the dressing her dressing wasn't loud it wasn't like you know um fashionista of the highest order devil wears prada kind of no she was muted you know but she was classy and i love the fact that she was muted because many nigerians are like that like they even those who are running successful companies are like that they're dressed in muted fashions they're simple they're not you know overly out there with the um gucci dresses for such a this yes we wear them but it was muted and so i was able to relate to what she was wearing and adese's entire look was simple like i said but it was glamorous it was classy it was and the best thing is that she repeated her shoes my goodness when i saw a scene where she repeated her shoes, i was like come and hug me please come and hug me because people repeat their shoes we i'm tired of movies where a woman is wearing a million things like she doesn't repeat the how how we are regular people we repeat our things that thing was like <laughs> let me come back i love the cinematography the film was really just good for drama um i'm glad that the colors didn't distract from the storyline so yes again it goes back to the costume it goes back to the setting it goes back the colors were somehow muted but then they made the story more alive because it felt like an like a walk into the everyday life of a normal person even though they are rich people, you know, so it just worked perfectly for me. I think that was the plan. And Yinka Edward did a fantastic job with it. I wish he would give me like an internship. Let me go and learn some stuff from him. But moving on, I think the direction was right. It was um, Genevieve's directorial debut and she did well. And because it was done by a woman, 
there were lots of things that we paid attention to. You could see some certain nuances, certain looks, certain feels that were paid attention to, right? And then there were certain things that were not paid attention to. Let me give an example. When a daisy was running and the camera uh, panned over her figure, I expected it to linger on her butt. Because that is what most directors would have done. They would have lingered on her butt, lingered on her breast, and made the scene sexual. But Genevieve didn't do that. She made that scene so normal instead of sexual that it just made me connect. And I was like, yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes in the film. I was like, wow, this is just, it was just normal. There was no sexual thing to it. And, and Relax, Ramato. Then uh, the storyline broke so many stereotypes. One is um, an intelligent, powerful, and strong woman still has a lot to learn, no matter how much of the qualities she has. And I really, really um, believed in it because it shows that street smarts is as important as the most expensive formal education, especially when running a business is the topic of the day. So um, many people stated that even though Genevieve was a powerful woman, a man, her uncle still had to save her in the end, like a kind of male savior complex or male superiority complex. I disagree. In a cohesive environment, it's not a battle of the sexes, but a codependency. Her uncle may have found the investors that saved the company, but she closed the deal. And she got the deal. She, she pitched the proposal to Alhaji Kano that made it work, that made him leave Kano, come to Enugu, and have my second favorite scene. Oh, my Pete Idochi spoke house Ah! Oh my goodness. Oh my. I'm going to relax. I'm going to relax. But I think that, you know, business relationships work as a codependency and not as a battle of the sexes as many people want us to believe. So I don't think that the uncle saved the day. I think she saved the day, you know. Um, there was never a point where the father wanted his son to be the point person at the company. That threw me completely off guard. Like the stereotype would have been the father is insisting, I want you to come and do things in the company. So the thing is the father was wary about his son's musical career, but he always regarded his daughter as the rightful successor to the company. Shatter all those stereotypes, you know. I mean, Genevieve, hi, I, I'm too excited. Let me relax. Now, the fact that Kanayo's role was simply as a business competitor trying to overtake their company cannot be overemphasized. There was no juju, <laughs> no overly underhanded tactics, no bile. All the things we have come to expect with villains, in quote, in Nigerian movies, especially when the villain looks like Kanayo, Kanayo, or is Kanayo, or Kanayo, you know? But uh, he was just a simple businessman trying to get ahead. And yes, there were some tactics that were underhanded, but it was it's something you would expect in businesses across the world. It was different. So he was a villain in a way that wasn't a bad villain. He was just a business competitor. Ah, stereotype shattered. <laughs> the next stereotype that... um was shattered was that 
as soon as the uncle walked into the scene, that's a um, um, in came over now acting as um, God's will. <laughs> I expected that he want to take over the company, kick the family out. In fact, I thought that he would arrange for um, Chief Ernest to die so that he could own the company. Ah, but Genevieve said, this is not what we are going to do. He, the uncle came in in a supportive role and when his role was done, he stepped back. Ah, I am shook. I never expected that this was what was going to happen. Because we have heard so much, we have seen so much about how the Igbo uncles tried to take over the inheritance and whatnot. And this was a very different, refreshing approach to things. I completely loved it. Now, beyond the comic relief of the morning devotion when the uncle first took over, (laughs) I'm at relax. There was no mention of religion or tribal descent. This is why the chemistry between Genevieve and Hamza started to gently burn, and I was all for it. You know, I especially liked that the Igbos and the houses were cast in such friendly terms, especially with the reality of things. There's no love lost um, between these two tribes. In fact, between northerners and southerners in Nigeria, in Nigeria, there's so much drama going on. There's so much hatred. Everyone is fighting based on their tribe and their religion and their belief system and this and that, you know. But to show two tribes that would normally be at each other's throats, even in business, you know, come together, no mention of tribalism, especially having um, Pete Edochi say, um, Chief Ernest rather say, that he lived in the north and he spoke Hausa and he welcomed a Hausa person into his home and a Hausa person welcomed an evil person into It was just fantastic. I loved it. Thank you, Genesis. But let me get back to you know. Um, again, I heard many people say that the chemistry between Adesia and Aminu was muted, and they expected more. This made me laugh. Aminu was obviously from a conservative family. He's Muslim and Northern, which means he's conservative. Ada was from a proud family. She's probably Christian. She's Southern, but beyond that, she's from a regal not necessarily royalty but from you know a proud family in real life the chemistry isn't the fireworks that hollywood portrays it to be in many instances it is muted it is gentle it's like glowing embers that have not decided to be a roaring fire in my opinion the chemistry was just right like i've met people that have liked and the same way that it was muted, that's how it was. It's not like dead there. I will start seeing my butterfly jumping. It's not like that. Chemistry, most times, is really muted. Okay, moving on. Another stereotype that was broken was that when um, Louts came in to destroy her business, Adeze said they should act like Nigerians. Wow. I was completely shocked. They were acting like Nigerians. It is in their Nigerian nature to destroy, to come and try and, and bill you. And if you don't pay them, destroy your property. But in this world that Genevieve was trying to paint, Nigeria is this place with disciplined people who understand their pride in their country and in themselves. Like, I just want to say hallelujah right now because that is the Nigeria I want to see. That is the Nigeria that I hope for. 
I don't think I've been this excited about any movie that I've reviewed on the show. Like, y'all better forgive me because there's just too much energy going. But I need to run quickly. Uh, most films put up a strong, powerful woman as this bitch who is catty to everyone. She has to dress like the devil who wore Prada and treat her assistants like trash. In this movie, I loved how Adaisy was simple and even respectful to her staff. She didn't raise her voice once at her staff and she saw that they were human, which is why she sought their impute even though she was more formally educated than they ever hoped to be. Overall, I think Lionheart is one of those movies that we should sell to the world and I'm glad Netflix acquired the rights to the movie. I loved the story that was told in Nigeria where a woman could end a potential outbreak of violence by appealing to the nationalism and pride of the Laos. I loved how at first you thought Adese was passed up for leadership because she was a woman and when you get to the end you realize that it was for a much better reason. I was really proud of that. Now everything about the movie resonated with me and have I mentioned how the hairstyles were very Nigerian? Like the naturalista wrap on Adese and the box braids on Unine were just... Yes, Nigerian, right? The movie wasn't pretentious. People spoke in their Nigerian accents, which shows that you can be articulate and well-spoken without doning another person's accent. And I love the portrayal of Nigeria as this beautiful place because it is beautiful. We can aspire to make it even more so when we clean it up, treat our environment right, and just continue to work at it. Though filled with rich Igbo culture, there was no Igbo or Hausa when the Obiagus and the Meikanos met. It was just two Nigerian business moguls forging a partnership and I liked that. And beyond just those kinds of partnership, I want to see a Nigeria where people are Nigerians. Like, be your tribe, but be Nigerians. Ugh. Anyway, I really... Do think that Lionheart was a good movie and I enjoyed watching every bit of it. I watched it on the day it debuted and I am doing this today and trust me, I didn't have to watch the movie again to be able to get this out. This thing was just there because that's how much I loved it, right? So I'm going to rate it an 8 over 10. I know you're going to say, ah, with all these things you say, you just you still say 8. But you know... <laughs> I think it was a solid 8 over 10. But that is my opinion. What do you think about Lionheart? Do you like the film? What are your favorite and least favorite parts of it? Let me know. Okay. So, please remember that you can select the movie that I could review next week. And I will definitely get to it for you. That's about it on the show. Listen to the end of the podcast to find out ways to contact us. And don't forget to tune in every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 1.05 p.m. West African time on our various platforms. It's hugs and kisses from Amat. Bye, yeah. That's a wrap on today's podcast. Like us on Facebook and LinkedIn at Shades of Us, or you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shades of Us Media. Tell us any song, album, movie, or series you think will make for a great review by sending an email to shadesofusafrica at gmail.com or a WhatsApp message to plus 234-905-912-7552. Thanks for listening. Bye.